Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dan from Desert Island Dicks, and I was about to say welcome to Desert Island Dicks, but I mean, it's kind of obvious what's going on, so I don't need to say that bit. Today's episode features comedian and writer Steve Bougea. He uh, wrote and co-created the ITV sitcom Buffering, which has got its second series out now and is available to watch on their app, so go and check it out. He's a very funny guy, as you're going to find out from listening to this episode, so it was nice to chat to him. Um, um, and I think that's about it. I, you know, I'm feeling in a very kind of it's Sunday evening kind of mood. So let's keep it short and just get to the sweet, sweet content, shall we? So we're just going to crack on and I'll be back at the end for some more talking for those of you who are committed enough to listen all the way. So uh, here we go. Here's Desert Island X with Steve Bougea. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dan Benedictus and welcome to Desert Island Dicks, the show that sees you marooned on a desert island after a plane crash with the worst people and worst things imaginable. Who they are and why they're a dick is up to our guest and here to share their Desert Island Dicks with us today is comedian and writer and star of new show Buffering, it's Steve Bougea. How are you doing? Hey Dan, I'm great, thanks. How are you? Good. Having a long surname starting with B myself. You can relate. Yeah, I can relate. Yeah, yeah. it's you, you nailed it, Bougea. I've had um, I've had some pretty bad ones down the years. I've had uh, budgery gas, uh, bugger, uh, bagija. Like just yeah, and people just don't. I don't know why people don't ask if they're not if they don't know. You know, it's, it's, it's um, people just have a guess. Yeah, but you you got, you got it right. Well done. Good. Right. Yeah. Well, as I say, it's important to me. I'm in the same boat as you. So, uh, Steve, uh, I think you're having quite a busy time talking about uh, your new show, Buffering. So you're probably in the midst of all that press and everything. Are you ready to rant and get some stuff off your chest? Can this be a cathartic experience for you today, do you think? Oh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think I've got a lot of anger, a lot of pent up anger inside me. Um, and I think now's the time to get it out. This is perfect. This is music to my ears, Steve. So uh, well, yeah. let, let's start then. You're marooned on an island. Uh, there's three people. Who's the first one joining you? The, the, the worst person to join me yet. Uh, Brooklyn Beckham is the, is the first person okay. who I would hate to be marooned on an island with because I find him to be not only the most boring and uh, least interesting person on the planet, He's also the most privileged and entitled. And that combination, I find infuriating. Like, you can be boring and uninteresting. That's fine. Like, most of us are. But he has this 
level of privilege that means he thinks he can just do anything. Like, I don't know if you follow Brooklyn Beckham. One of my passions is to follow them on Instagram. <laughs> and uh, I, I feel a bit sorry for him. He's just desperately trying to find a, a purpose in life other than being David Beckham's son. Mm. And he like he's taken up different careers. So he took up, uh, he was a chef for a bit and he couldn't do that. Uh, he was a photographer. He was really bad at that. Um, the other day I saw him doing a video about fashion. He was like giving someone fashion advice. And it was just this woman who was clearly much more fashionable than him and knew exactly what she was doing. And he was just <laughs> offering his opinion. And it was like a nothing opinion. He was like, oh, this is a crop top. You know, and it was like so unbelievably bland and uninteresting. I just I just sort of wish I could sit him down, not on the island. This is before. <laughs> just sit him down and be like, look, Brooklyn, you don't have to be famous. Like you can just... You can just go and do some charity work or something. Go and do something purposeful with your life. You don't need to be an influencer or whatever. Because I, I feel like he's just not cut out for it. And he's, he's lived such a privileged life that he's, he's really... You can't be interesting if you've had such privilege. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? It feels like someone should just go up to him and go, Brooklyn, wait until you, you're the finished article before saying you're the thing. Yeah. I remember the photos that he used to do. And they were just bad photos. It's not like I know you. I know not everything has to be framed properly and completely in focus for it to be artistically good. But these weren't framed properly, and they were blurry, and they were just bad. And they were just bad photos. And I and I think sometimes, like you know, I think is it just because cynical people around them go, "Oh, do you like photos? Do you want to do a book? Yeah, we can sell that. Yeah, you should. Yeah, they're really good. Do a book." And then. You know, it's just like shooting fish in a barrel and you're guaranteed a certain amount of money back. But yeah, I do think the more self-aware people would go, oh, no, not, this is just something for fun. I don't think these are actually, you know, I've looked at other professional photographers and, and I'm not there yet. But, you know, one day, yeah, let's talk. But he's just going, yeah, fuck it. Some of the photos weren't even good enough for a Facebook album. You know, they were like really bad photos. And I don't understand why no one in that, that publication process at some point went, okay we've all had a laugh but, but this isn't good enough we need to either get some better photos or not not publish him as a as a photographer because you know it wouldn't it'd be so easy to use that sort of nepotism to get him chats with some world famous photographers to maybe hone his skills and maybe that did happen and maybe he just went yeah 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 no i get it um i'm just kind of doing my own thing with this ranking actually so like yeah yeah like i know i know you're really famous but actually this is me so <laughs> thanks but no thanks yeah like i know you talk about being in focus and stuff i'm gonna go a different direction and be out of focus and uh <laughs> and actually i'm gonna leave the lens cap on that's just a new thing and try <laughs> and stuff for like being a chef as well you know so many people work so hard the top chefs you speak to or whatever they've busted their asses to get where they were and it's hard and it's hot and it's difficult you know and they put everything into it it's just suddenly just go so i'm a chef now yeah. here's how to do a salad it's just so insulting it's so insulting and i don't know if you saw the videos he did a series on youtube i think um where he was like shadowing like really successful chefs and like he just had nothing to say like he was just stood next to these chefs and they were cooking these wonderful meals and he was there like oh i can do macaroni cheese like he just he was <laughs> he's just not oh gosh i'm so sorry for him i want him to i just want him to rest yeah yeah and i think being stuck on island with him it's just that lack of self-awareness would just be so difficult and sort of unfounded self-belief as well i think is what is what it really winds me up about him. Yeah, well, that's what privilege gives you, isn't it? This this unbelievable confidence. I'm really jealous, actually, of people who have, you know, that sort of delusional level 
of confidence. And mm. I know I'm a comedian, so I have a certain level of confidence. But that kind of level of confidence where you just no self-doubt and mm. they just publicize themselves really confidently. And actually, it's kind of nice. I don't begrudge it, but I'm just jealous of them that they can like talk about how successful they are and all the cool things they've done and not feel completely mortified that they're being uh, arrogant. Like I can't really yeah. boast about myself because I, without the inside, my inside <laughs> brain voice going, Steve, everyone thinks you're a dickhead. You are a knob. Stop it. Stop talking. Stop talking. But I, I just think with anything, any uh, offspring of a very famous person, okay, obviously they've had advantages, but if you're actually good at something, then it's all right. You know, Stella McCartney, that's fine. You know, and obviously she had advantages and famously had like Kate Moss and Naomi Campbell at her, her final show at school, you know, modeling her designs, which is a bit dickish, but she's still kind of decent as a designer or you get, um, I don't know, like David Bowie's son made a film, Moon, which I really like. And you think, all right, you've had advantages, but the product is solid. So I just think if there should be even more pressure on them to get it right, rather than just turning out some mediocre shit uh, and just going, I'm famous. Which, <laughs> it's, um, there's a lot of talk at the moment about Nepo babies. Mm. And uh, I've read an article with Stem Vice about the UK sort of contingent of Nepo babies. And uh, it's infuriating. Like, you're right, some of them are very talented and it's fine, but it's just so unfair <laughs> that they get this, like, massive leg up, but that's just society, isn't it? My parents are like, my mum was a school receptionist. Like, she gave me nothing, no advice whatsoever, unless I wanted to be a school receptionist, actually, which would have been good. I, I was going to say, do you think it happens? <laughs> it's like, he's only got this, he's only at the front desk because of his mum, prick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I wonder if it does happen in sort of, it must happen in like you know there's a little factory somewhere and someone's working there and it's just because of their dad but they're not very good at uh, like turning aluminium screws or whatever it is you know so yeah and just, oh, that's just Colin's son yeah yeah exactly he can't even drive a bus it's just his, his granddad did it <laughs> exactly yeah okay well that's your first choice and I think it's a very solid one who's going to be joining him who's your next person for the island you know what I, I actually found this difficult to think about because I don't Despite the vitriol, I just pause on Brooklyn Beckham. I don't actually hate anyone. Like I feel, uh, I find it hard to slag people off because uh, I worry that people will say worse about me. So um, I actually struggle to get three. The next person isn't someone I actually hate. It's just someone I don't want to be in the island with mm -hmm. because the opposite. I actually love them too much, uh, and it would be difficult. So the person is Harry Styles. Um, I love Harry Styles on a deep level. Um, I sort of am amazed by his talent and that he can just turn his hand to seemingly anything and he does it well. And he's just so effortlessly cool. And I don't want that on the island. That's the reason. So, you know, I love him, but I don't want to be on an island with him because he'd just be like walking around the beach, like wearing just like a grass skirt, looking incredible. And that would it would knock my self-esteem. It would make me feel, you know, less less of a human and that's why i don't want him or the other brooklyn beckham would be because of i don't want to spend time with him but harry like i do want to spend time with him i'd love to be harry styles friend yeah but ultimately i think it would damage my self-esteem yeah i i get that totally um so with harry styles a weird thing has happened to me because i'm 40 now and so i've i've never you know i've never listened to any one direction i couldn't name any of their songs i don't know even know what harry styles singing voice sounds like i i've probably i'm sure i've heard it but i don't know what it is but then suddenly i became aware of him being 
amazingly cool. I was like reading magazines and they kept showing pictures of him. And I was like, that guy's cool. Oh, that's Harry Styles. Fucking hell, what a look. And I'm just obsessed by how good he looked. I just think I love that sort yeah. of like dapper, slightly sleazy look that he's got. I would say sleazy. I would say just outright sexy. That's what he is. He's, he's, he's sex on legs. But there's, a, I don't know, I think it's just about those sort of kind of slightly 70s suits or something, you know, like... Yeah. I, that's, like, you know, I really like them. But, yeah, I just think if I was with him on a desert island, it would be so clear that I couldn't always pull off everything. You know, like when you buy something, you think, he looks good in that. And then you buy something, you think, I've seen him wearing that. He looks quite cool. And then you wear it and yeah. you're like, hmm, it's not quite. And you have to have a bit of a sobering moment don't you and i just think well it's like every time i shop on asos and you you look at the, the the jackets or whatever and you see the model with the jacket and they look amazing and you go that is what i'm gonna look like and then you put the jacket on and it looks like you're wearing a bin bag like it like and, and you realize oh it's not the jacket's fault <laughs> because the jacket on the fit person look good it is me it is me so harry would, would bring out all those insecurities in me yeah um I guess what I'm saying is I would probably ideally want to be surrounded by people less good looking than me with less charisma mm. and less popular. Yeah. That's, that would make me feel better. I think that's that's wise. I mean, the problem is as well, Harry Styles with Brooklyn Beckham on the island, Brooklyn's going to see him um, himself as an equal. And that just, just seeing that happen yeah. is going to be horrendous. You're going to be, oh, shut up, Brooklyn. And just the, the sort of imbalance of it. Brooklyn would one morning just wake up and be like, oh, I'm a singer now. I, I, or I'm, a, I'm an actor, actually, Harry. I do some acting. Yeah. Uh, I do just absorb our jobs. A friend of mine had this exact experience of, you know, uh, the sort of comparing yourself to someone you've seen and, um, and having that sort of forced back onto you in real life. So my friend worked with One Direction briefly and he was in a studio. It was like years ago because it was One Direction and Harry Styles had sort of shaggy hair and my friend also had not similar but you know a bit of shaggy hair. My friend left the studio to go and have a cigarette outside and he sort of walked out with his head down lighting the cigarette and all of the hundreds of girls who were camped outside the studio from a hundred metres away just went oh, it's Harry Styles and he heard in, in like within five seconds, the sound of 200 screaming girls turn into 200 disappointed girls just going, going oh, wow. Oh, like that. And he was like, sorry. Oh, God, what a responsibility. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I just think it would be like having that on a feedback loop the whole time. So yeah, I, I, I can see your choice would be good. But That's a good point, actually. Even though the island is deserted, you feel like Harry Styles fans, Harry Styles fans, are dedicated enough <laughs> to track him down and actually we'd get we'd get mobbed on the desert island yeah or you know they'd may, maybe sail all the way there they'd make it and you go yes we've got a raft and then they'd just sink it so that they could be trapped with him forever and you're like, we're still stuck yeah damn it yeah they'll be like harry we've got a lock of your hair from 2010 <laughs> you know oh man okay well who's going to be the third person you said it's a tricky choice can we can we fit a third person in on the island we can now this isn't a specific person mm -hmm. this is a genre of person um it's any of my friends' boyfriends. Okay. <laughs> so I've got a lot of female friends, uh, and I have I've learned about myself that I generally find it hard to get on with their boyfriends because I don't know what it is. I I like they're probably really nice people, but I just in my head every time I meet them, I'm just like, well, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. You don't deserve them, uh, and that they 
they're always the worst kind of you know like in my head i'm like you surely you could do better and then my friend will show me the dating apps and i could see the sort of the sort of benchmark of men that they're having to deal with and i'm like oh no actually you probably that is that is probably is the best one but they're they're just you know they're just like working recruitment and talk about going cycling and you know just say boring things and i just in my head i'm like ah oh, I, I, you mean you, you deserve better player <laughs> but i'm also aware i am that person you know when i eventually get a girlfriend one day uh I will be that person to somebody else, you know, and they'll look at me and be like, oh, you're, you're a prick. You don't deserve my best friend. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing, isn't it? When you've got a, a friend who you care about so much and then you kind of go, oh, you're settling with this person now. And especially as you get older and you think, oh, right, you might actually stay with this person now because yeah like oh right this is oh you're pregnant now oh this is it is it yeah right. right okay oh you're pregnant and i don't want the kid to you know not have two parents in the same house you know i don't want you to split up but i don't like this person that much but do you think is it because we overestimate our friends you know like, am i overvaluing the my female friends so therefore basically undervaluing their partners you know like i'm i'm overestimating how good they are because i know them and i love them mm. and then i meet their partners and like you're not good enough but actually if i had a more objective opinion i might be like oh no you're about you're about the same <laughs> maybe i don't know i just think a lot of relationships are sort of unseen isn't it it's like an iceberg a lot of it is you know you only see the tip of it and you don't know That's what's true. going on or maybe they have just settled sometimes, you know, <laughs> maybe you're right. Sometimes they've just settled and it's okay to say that. Yeah. They've just gone, you know what, I am sick of going on bad bumble dates. I'm just going to go with this guy because he brushes his teeth <laughs> and he doesn't play PlayStation for four hours a day. Like that's the benchmark. And I was with my friend the other day and she said that she just wanted a guy who had a job. And I was like, that surely you've got to raise your standards a little bit. Like, that's how bad men are. Wow. That she had been through so many bad partners that all she wanted was someone who had gainful employment. Like, that is, men, we need to up our game because, like, that is, and she's a lovely woman and deserves at least someone with not only employment, but maybe a house. Yeah, wow. That, I mean, that's a, that's a sad indictment of, uh, of the scene these days, isn't it? Oh, wow. Just a job. But as a single man, it does give me confidence as well, though, because it makes me think, well, actually, I don't really have to be trying that hard here. I just need to show my pay slip. Yeah. I just, I just need to show that I can pay tax. You've just written a TV show. I reckon that's pretty impressive. I mean, that's got to, like, knock you up a few rungs on the ladder, I would have, would have mm. thought. Well, compared to the other idiots, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know what the state of things is out there, but, I mean, yeah, fuck it. Um, yeah, I think the danger is... If you're stuck with someone like that on the island, you know, that's the thing you have in common is your friend. And so you're going to sort of talk about them, but... You know, it'd be like, oh, I'm really, you know, he'll go, oh, I'm really missing whoever. And you're like, you're missing them. I've had loads more good times with them than you have. You? Yeah. You've been around like, what, a year? Fuck you, man. I, You know what? That I think you hit the nail on the head. That is exactly the thing that I'm jealous of. It's like, I've known this person for 20 years. And now you've come along, you know, for six months. And you've got all these little in-jokes. And you're making them laugh. And you've got stories, and I'm like, you don't know what you. When she was 21, she like was sick in a bit outside a nightclub. You don't know that story. I know that story, you know. <laughs> yeah. But 
ultimately they pref- they prefer they prefer the boyfriend it turns out yeah yeah i think it's going to be awkward it's also sort of that feeling of like trying to make them like you because you feel you should because it's like the responsible nice thing to do as a friend but also you're at an, you know you might be at a night out and there's all your other actual friends that you want to speak to fuck this you know <laughs> yeah. i want to go and hang out with my actual friends i don't want to get to know about recruitment go get past the basics you've got to get some to know get to know him on like a you know, you've got to find out his favourite colour or whatever. I don't know what you talk about. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe that's the problem. Maybe it's your questions. <laughs> yeah, you know what, actually, it might be me. I'm asking, I'm asking all my friends, boyfriends what their favourite colour is. <laughs> Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Okay, well, look, we're going to move on from people now because I think you've got a fine selection of dicks to, to spend your time with. But mercifully, amongst the wreckage of the plane, there was some food and drink left over. Unfortunately for you, it's your least favorite food and drink in the world. What are they and why are they so bad? So the food one is, it's again, quite general. It's anything with milk in it because mm-hmm. I am quite severely lactose intolerant. So I, that would be my worst case scenario, um, being on a, a desert island with, you know. Just a hamper of dairy products. A hamper of dairy, but just loads of cheese and um, some some pastries. Like that would be the worst case scenario for me because... Um, you know, I'd be there just shitting myself in front of Harry Styles, and that is not what I want our friendship to be based on. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's difficult. I've in recent years, I'm a lot more sensitive to what I eat, and I found that yeah, milk I have to be a bit more careful with than I used to. And you know, it's doesn't it's not a big thing, but if I had like a bowl of cereal or porridge or something, then that would definitely fuck me up for the rest of the day. Like cheese and bits are okay, but even just yeah. having to plan my diet that much is annoying so having to having like a severe case like you is is must be really difficult well have you come across this is just a a dietary tip have you come across lactase pills because you can buy lactase pills in like holland and barrett and they digest the lactose that they that that you that stops you getting ill Ah. so i highly recommend it so if you do want to eat some cheese you take a lactase pill and that it helps you digest it Ah. but for me, it doesn't work with... It could, I could do some cheese maybe because it's, it's lower lactose. But if I tried to have like a milkshake or something, mm. no amount of lactose products could deal with that. It's like an avalanche. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that on the island as well. Also, I, I kind of think like... I, I don't know much about Brooklyn Beckham's intellects, but I imagine the conversation going something like, no, no, thanks, Brooklyn, because as, as I've said repeatedly, I, I can't drink anything with milk products. And it's like, you had all that coconut milk? You're like, yeah, right. yeah. Let me explain again. It's a different thing. And also, Brooklyn would insist on being the chef of the island. And I just don't trust him to adhere to the strict dietary requirements that I would need. You know, he'd be just pouring butter <laughs> into our curry. You know, I'm like, no, Brooklyn, not again. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. So I was going to ask about your drink choice, but would that presumably just be milk as well? Then? Well, yeah, that would be bad. Just a tub, uh, a carton of milk would be the worst case scenario any kind of milk drink but i actually would also like to add to the list sure uh, this isn't a dietary requirement this is just i don't like it uh sambuca oh yes i think we all have a like alcohol that we are scarred by 
and it usually relates to sort of a youthful drunken memory and it's the one you're sick on and you can sort of feel it in your back of your throat uh, mine is sambuca and that kind of licorice taste i detest because i think i don't remember exactly when it was but i think in my teenage years i must have got drunk on sambuca and spent the next day uh tasting that again in yeah. in, in in on the toilet uh bulb so uh that it would be my worst case scenario yeah yeah and it just hangs around your mouth for such a long it's that the coating this sort of like plasticky like oily coating it gives your mouth like it's it takes a few drinks to get rid of it yeah i think one of the nicest things about getting older is just having the confidence to go no thanks i don't like that and i feel fine about refusing it yes when you're young you're like drink this you're like uh you gotta drink it you're like okay Oh, this is horrible. And now I feel sick as well. Another one? Okay. You know, just grown up, you're like, yeah, I know it's my birthday and you've bought me a shot. I'm really sorry. I'm not going to fucking, I'm just not going to have yeah. that. Yeah, I know, I know it's a special occasion, but it's my special occasion and I don't like that. You're right, actually. That's a really good uh, moment of, of development in uh, as you get older when not just drinks, actually, just the ability to say no that you don't want to do something mm. and not really feel guilty about it. Like I only worked out a few years ago that I don't have to go on my friend's stag dudes. Like I just don't have to do it. And if I just say <laughs> no, I don't want to go on your stag dudes to Budapest. Um, no offense, I like you, but I don't want to be forced to drink uh, some vodka out of a shoe. Mm. Um, and then you just don't have to go. And no one, no one minds. It's absolutely fine. Yeah. And that's that's something I didn't have the power to do until quite recently. Yeah. I mean, fortunately as well, you. I think you do just get offered Sambuca less as you get older. But I, I think the last time was on a stag do abroad when someone was talking about it. And they were, I remember them saying, come on, let's go and get some bukas. And I was like, don't call it a Booker, like what it, what I don't know how that makes it so much worse. We're like, oh yeah, me and you was on the Bookers last night. I was like, oh, this is awful. Or Sammy B's. I've heard it Sammy B's before. Oh, that's terrible. That is bad, isn't it? Yeah, it's like platy jubes. Yeah, that's bad. That's bad. <laughs> um, so yeah, we've got a big, a big crate of of lactose rich products and some sambuca to wash it down. So yeah, horrendous. Yeah. You're doing yeah. brilliantly here. Okay, now fortunately, you won't be without entertainment on the island. The plane's entertainment system continues to work, but just your luck, it only has two working settings. One is your least favorite film of all time, and your other is your least favorite song. What are they, and why? So again quite general the song is it's a genre mm -hmm. uh it's jazz i don't i can't get on board with jazz i've tried i just it has no purpose it doesn't seem to have an ending it doesn't seem to have the structure that i crave uh it just goes on and on and it's too um i guess i i i'm i'm the i'm the man who likes his rules and his boundaries and jazz is breaking too many of those mm. and it's it's not it's just not structured enough for me you know yeah. i can't deal with it mentally uh and i have memories of when i was younger my dad would make me listen to jazz fm in the car and they would they were terrible car journeys so <laughs> that would be my worst nightmare fair enough i think jazz is such a, a strange genre because at one end you've got something that's so difficult and complicated as to be sort of almost unlistenable where it's you know different time signatures and rhythms all happening at the same time and it's a bit of a mess and then the other could be something that's so twee and saccharine and, and sort of elevator music-y 
you know, and it's like, this is the same genre. And one's, you know, there's not many genres that can pull that off. Like, I suppose certain kinds of electronic music can be sort of very, like, twee and ambient and dull and then, like, aggressive and, and, and horrendous at the other end. But, I mean, it's quite interesting that jazz can be so broad like that. Yeah, this is the problem with jazz, isn't it? It doesn't really have an identity. It's just, it's like an amalgamation of loads of people playing different uh, notes and they all just call it jazz because jazz hasn't got any rules. So you just... Anything can be jazz. <laughs> My wife's quite into jazz, I have to say. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. It's all right. She she keeps it to herself. It's not it's not inflicted on us too much. <laughs> but um, recently, there's been a sort of uh, resurgence in it. All these sort of young hip bands coming out, and it's like a new sort of youthful movement who have been kind of shaking up a little bit. And I still just don't really like it. You like read about it, and go, oh, this sounds interesting, and you hear it, and you go, yeah, it still sort of sounds a bit awkward and and just odd and difficult and I don't you know it doesn't really do it for me and I know it's like part of the skill but it does just sound like they're making it up and I don't I don't want them to be making it up like if, if I'm paying to see something I want to know that you've rehearsed it and you've practiced it and you know where it's going mm. and it's got an ending you know I don't want like I don't like improv for the same reason you know I don't want people just sort of winging it mm. you know I want I need I need a plan. Yeah. Maybe that says more about me. <laughs> I think, you know, you're going to be sitting there with your lactose intolerance and Harry Styles is going to be going, I think I'm going to start writing some some songs based on this. And you think, no, Harry, not you, because, you know, you love him. And then Brooklyn yeah. chimes in like, oh, I've got some great ideas. And you hear him doing some scatting and it's yeah, it's just a, a horrible mess. Yeah, oh God, that'd be awful. <laughs> I'll be, I mean, I'd be in the bushes being ill though from the Sambuca so I wouldn't, I wouldn't actually hear it yeah fair enough that's the thing you would have to end up drinking the horrible drink just to get through it I think so stuffing my face with, with croissants <laughs> yeah. uh, what would your film choice be uh, this one is the Lord of the Rings trilogy yeah um, now I have to say at this point I've not seen the Lord of the Rings trilogy but the reason I don't want it there is because I'm sick of having to tell people I've not seen the Lord of the Rings trilogy <laughs> and deal with their reaction when I tell them I've not seen it and don't want to see it, really, because um, it blows people's minds. People sort of act as if I've, like, blasphemed, you know, like people cannot understand how I haven't worked on the rings. And it's not like I haven't had a chance to do it. I have had a chance to do it. I've chosen not to do it. And it's, I just, I'm not a big fantasy guy. It's too long. And also, I'm sure it's great, but I don't like how much everyone loved it. You know, back in the day where everyone was like, oh, the rings mm. the best things ever happened. I don't, I resent that. So I don't want to get on board of it and become one of those people accidentally. So I wouldn't want the film there just in case either I love it so much that I become a Lord of the Rings fan or I have to explain to someone that I've never seen it before. Imagine that. Imagine Harry Styles is there going, what, you've never seen Lord of the Rings? And I'll be like, oh, no, I haven't seen Lord of the Rings. And then Brooklyn Beckham's like, oh, actually, I, I, I've, I've started to become a hobbit, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I, it's weird that people kind of have so much trouble believing that you haven't seen it because it's like if you went to a horror convention and said, what, you haven't seen Miss Congeniality? <laughs> These people aren't into that. Like, it's fine to just, there's so many different types of film. Some aren't for everyone. Yeah. It's like, I know lots of people like this film, but I'm just not into those kind of films. So I don't give a this shit. It. It's fine. You know. Exactly. Exactly. I'm really into train documentaries, right? And I watch train things on YouTube. But I don't say to someone, what, you haven't seen the documentary about them tunnelling under London for Crossrail? 
oh, what's, what have you been doing with your life? You know, <laughs> I just accept that some people aren't into watching train videos on YouTube. Yeah, exactly. And there's loads of like classic films I've never seen. I'm just not a huge... I just I like films, but I'm not that fussed either way, you know. And uh, yeah, it's just I almost don't. I just pretend to go along with it sometimes now because I can't be bothered with people's just astonishment that I haven't seen Mary Poppins or something, you know. It's like, <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't care. Like, and I'm forty. Obviously, it's like oh, you should see it though. Like, I don't think I need to. It's okay. And also going back to that point you made about being able to say no to things. There was a time in my twenties where I would have lied and said I have seen Lord of the Rings because I'd be embarrassed. And mm. then I'd be caught in an awful sort of trap, you know, where they'd be like, oh, you know, I don't, I didn't like how they did this thing in this particular scene. And I'd be like, oh yeah, that was really bad, that. And then they'd trap mm. me and be like, well, that didn't really happen, you're a liar. Uh, and now I have the confidence to just be like, you know what, I haven't seen it. I don't want to continue with this conversation. Yeah, stand your ground, it's fine. And, you know, you said that by now you have had time to watch them. I don't know if you have, because they're so long. I mean, having to, like, put aside time as a grown-up to watch all of those. Yeah. I remember at uni, people going, oh, we're really hungover, come over to mine, we're going to watch the whole trilogy. And I think, you just said you're hungover, why would you give yourself that much work to do? It's like, we yeah. can watch something funny, <laughs> you know, you don't have to do that. But that is the thing at university, you do have this kind of emptiness like lack of purpose that means you can just give up a day to watch yeah. uh lord of the rings whereas now adulthood means i've got a tax return to do you know yeah fair still, enough still not done it well i think lord of the rings for many people is very much like doing a tax return so uh you know there's a lot of complicated stuff that you don't quite understand and it's not quite joining together in the order that you thought so yeah yeah yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, um, let's move on from the film and song choices because now, finally, the island is overrun by the biggest dick of all the animals. Which animal is it and why? I don't think this answer is going to be very popular. Um, okay. I mean, some of my other answers might not have been popular, either, but um, I, I do not like cats. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want cats to be there. Um, I know a lot of people love cats love cats and a lot i know you know you often get asked the question are you a cat person or a dog person for me it's not even a fair question it's actually it's an insane question it's you know it's like do you like warm hugs or do you like being punched in the face like if they're not even comparable to me like cats are are awful creatures i think they're arrogant i also think they're all tories um i think they could vote they'd all vote tory i i just don't trust cats um and look i've stroked a cat before you know they're soft i get it right they're kind of cute i get it but actually when you dig into their personality it is absolutely vile um the way they just take food off you and then go wander off in other people's gardens and also that we're just supposed to accept that other people's cats can just walk around our garden but that is i don't get why that's allowed whereas dogs are just wonderful and loving and excited to see you every day whereas cats almost look at you with disdain and look at you like oh you're back, are you? Why? What are you doing here? So, I actually met a cat recently. Uh, I met the most, probably the most famous cat in the country. Uh, I met Larry the cat from wow. Number Ten Downing Street fame. Yeah, my friend works at Number Ten, and he gave me a tour of the of of the of the of the property. It was amazing. I'm a big politics nerd, so I sort of geeked out going around the cabinet room and the the state rooms. Anyway, we were about to leave, and I said to the security guard, "Oh, where's Larry?" And he pulled back this curtain and on the window ledge was sat Larry the cat. And I was like, well, okay, I don't like cats, but this is a very famous cat. Mm. 
I'll go and stroke Larry the Cat. So I stroked him twice. He was sort of receptive to the strokes. And then he fucking went for me. Like he bit me. Like, like, and he knew exactly what he was doing. He accepted the strokes and then he like punished me for it. Mm. And that just sums up cats for me. Yeah, I mean, I'm a cat owner. Uh, but I can't really disagree. No, I'm so sorry. I've just ranted about cats. No, because it's true. Like, I can't really disagree with much that you've said. You know, my cat does the same thing. You know, I'll be stroking him and he's all curled up and I think he's looking really cute. And I'll be stroking him and he's like, oh, this is great. And then something happens and he'll go for me. And he doesn't do it to the others so much. Like, I think he's, luckily he's never gone for my kids. Like my, my youngest is two and he's like, oh, he just wants to grab the cat and... And it's hard to, you know, I don't want him to be scared of animals, but also, like, don't grab that cat, son, because he's about as heavy as you and he's not to be trusted. You know, and I think he he sort of is aware vaguely that they are children, but not quite as aware as I'd like him to be. Like a dog will go, oh, my God, you've brought this new precious thing into the house. I need to protect it at all costs. This cat's like, well, I'll go easy on him for a bit. But don't you fuck with me? Yeah. And like not fucking with a cat. I don't know yeah. where the boundary is because you know I was uh, you were purring on my lap and now you've gone for me. That's it. You don't know where you stand. Yeah. As people, they'd be psychopaths. I mean, you said they'd vote Tory. I think they'd be much more far right than that. You know, I think because they basically don't even like their own kind. You know, it's like the the most the easiest way to piss off a cat is show it another cat, and it's like yeah. I've got to destroy it. You know. It's, yeah. I mean, that's mad. It's like they're the National Front, but they also hate all their own kind as well. You know, it's just, it's, it's, yeah, mad. Oh, they'd for sure be the, the sort of right wing end of the Tory party. Mm. You know, they would be the, the hard Brexiteers. But I think they're almost um, just nihilists. They just want to destroy it. They just want to watch the world burn, yeah. but sit next to it so it can keep them warm. Yeah, I think the thing is about being on an island full of cats, you're going to need the sort of emotional support from something because you're not getting it from the people that you're with. And the cat, they are so fickle and mercurial that, you know, you're not even guaranteed that. So you kind of think that, like, maybe you've had a shit day, you see a cat and it wanders up to you, rubs against your leg and you think, oh, this is nice. And you go down to stroke it and it bites you and you just go, fuck off then, just fuck off, fuck all of yeah. you. Yeah, but, oh, this is the last thing I need. Yeah. Harry Styles is is been best friends with Brooklyn Beckham and I've just eaten milky cereal and uh, now I've got this cat biting my leg. Mm. It's a terrible place to be. Yeah, yeah. There's a good cherry on the cake of dicks there for you there. So you've got a nice island full of things that you don't want to be with. Um, you've done a great job, Steve. So well done. Thanks, Dad. Can I just say you're doing this podcast as... I'm not really an angry person, but it's actually made me quite angry. Like, I'm, I've... I've sort of built up anger and now now you're just going to set me off into the rest of the day with this kind of energy. Yeah, I'm sorry. Have you got any more interviews to do today? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to promote buffering to loads of... And next interview, I'll be like, fucking watch buffering, I cats. God! I'm going to watch every interview you do now and just see if I can tell the sequence that they were done in. Yeah. So I think some people say it's very cathartic and they feel better and some people just get angry. And and I'm sorry, I don't know which way it's going to go for you. But um, I put, well, let's talk about buffering then. So you've written it and you're in it. Yes. And it's on, uh, on the ITV app yes, now. Yes, ITVX, the UK's freshest streaming service. Uh, yeah, Buffering is the second series um, of uh, the sitcom. I've co-created it with Ian Sterling, the voice of Love Island and it's about a bunch of people in their sort of late 20s played by people in their early to mid 30s um, uh, and 
they are kind of at that stage where they're trying to be adults. You know, some of their friends are having babies, getting married, all that stuff. And they are stuck living in a house here in London, sort of hung over from the night before. Like they're at that stage of delayed adulthood, which I very much find myself in. Um, and they're just trying to grow up, but they, they make uh, a big failure of it. And uh, it's a lot of fun. It's just a funny sitcom. It's very uplifting. And we've got some great co-stars. Emily Atak from uh, The Inbetweeners fame uh, is on is in the first app. Laura Whitmore, who's Ian's real-life wife, uh, features in two episodes. It's, and Melvin O'Doom from Radio 1's in it. We've just got, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and I'm very proud of it. It's, sort of my, it's my dream to have a sitcom. So it's yeah. it feels a bit mad to have it on TV. Amazing. Well, congrats. Congratulations on it all, and I hope it continues to go well. And uh, sorry if I've ruined the media tour at all. I think, you know, <laughs> just a cup of tea, five minutes, and I think it'll, it'll all wash away, and, and hopefully you can be back on track again. Hey, it's not me you need to apologise to. It's the it's the poor girl from OK Magazine who's going to get a, <laughs> an right earful next. Well, I do apologise, but for me, it's been an absolute pleasure. So thank you for joining me today on Desert Island X, mate. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate it. <laughs> There you go. Steve Bougea there on Desert Island Dicks. I hope you enjoyed that. And we will be back with more content very soon, whether it's a compact Dicks, where it's listener submissions, or an old Dicks, which is where we dig up an old episode from our archives and publish it so you get the chance to listen to it again. Speaking of which, we've got over 200 episodes in our back catalogue. There's some big brilliant names in there so i recommend you uh shove your hand in and pull out a dick and just just enjoy feast upon the dicks and then talking of compact dicks earlier well that's as i said that's when you get the chance to suggest who and what you would stick on a desert island so we love having your submissions all you need to do to give them to us is to email us by going to dickspod.com contact or you can get in touch with us on twitter or instagram at dickspod it's all very simple Desert Island Dicks was a sync clap production. It was created and produced by James Deacon. It was presented and produced by me, Dan Benedictus, with additional support from John Deacon. And I think that's about all we've got to say for this week. So, uh, yeah, we'll be back soon with all kinds of episodes, all of which I've talked about so far. So thanks for listening. Bye bye.